This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi and welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm your host, Joyce Steele. In our previous episode, we discussed sleep problems with a sleep doctor from the Singapore General Hospital. Today, we are going to continue the conversation of sleep, which is so vital for health. Sleep is one of the three pillars of a healthy lifestyle, and there has been so much interest in how we can sleep better in recent years. So the COVID-19 pandemic has shaken up our daily routines with so many people still working from home. But how has it affected our sleep, and how can the lessons learned from the last two years translate to better sleep? Joining us to talk about how to sleep better is none other than sleep expert, Professor Michael Chi the Director of the Centre for Sleep and Connection at the Yong Lulin School of Medicine at the National University of Singapore. Welcome to the programme, Prof Chi. Nice to join you again, Joyce. So tell us, what has COVID taught us about sleep? Yeah, I think uh, COVID-19 provided us unprecedented insights into how people prefer to sleep in modern Singapore. They, they slept about 30 minutes later, but they got up about 50 minutes later. So net gain was about 20 minutes in sleep. Now, this happened through most of the um, early part of the uh, circuit breaker period. Yeah. In, um, this was also the case in almost every country that we have uh, objective digital data from um, and the data coming from sleep trackers. Um, however, Singapore was one of those countries that uh, where the move to later sleep and later waking was uh, in terms of uh, magnitude uh, large. Right. Interesting that people are, you know, got more sleep during the pandemic. But unfortunately, I don't know, with more people going back to the office, they will have to change this habit, right? And then find another way of getting enough sleep every day. Indeed. And uh, one of the points that um, I hope to make is that there is a preference um, to sleep late. Now, this is largely driven by changes in the social fabric and internet habits. The interesting thing is that... Uh, the gains that we have from not having to commute were eroded a bit. And um, towards the end of 2021, these benefits uh, of you know, more sleep were halved. And this is also contributed by the fact that in the modern hybrid working place, the, the boundary between work and non-work hours has blurred. So leading uh, some people uh, being contacted at various times of, uh, of night interrupting their sleep. Is uh, late sleep unique to Singapore? It's not exclusive to Singapore, but it is an issue that uh, we need to, to deal with. And uh, this um, needs some uh, structural uh, solutions. There have to be sort of provisions made to allow for uh, longer sleep durations. For example, in schools, we can think of uh, starting school later. If for adults, I think there should be at least guidelines or the conversation of office hours, uh, work contact, having to deal with emails, having to respond to uh, calls and such. Um, right. uh, a good number of young people I speak to, for example, tell me that they, they can go to bed, but their minds are active and they are affected by thinking about emails or having to think about the next day and such. You know, if we talk about sleep targets, right, I see these sleep targets set by the U.S. National Sleep Foundation, right? For instance, a, a toddler should sleep for 11 to 14 hours a day, while an adult should sleep for 7 to 9 hours. So how relevant are these to Singapore? These recommendations are um, formulated by experts. They are good starting point, 
they're aspirational. However, they are largely based on self-reported time in bed as opposed to a real time of sleep, which is objectively measured. For example, um, most people tend to overestimate the, the time they sleep if you ask them in questionnaire. The measured sleep time, if you use a sleep tracker, typically is about 80% of what you say you spend uh, time in bed. For uh, adults, the sleep duration recommended is anywhere between seven to nine hours. So you, if you spend seven hours time in bed, you will probably get about six hours actual sleep time. That's what your sleep tracker will say. And um, I want to tell the audience that if you actually sleep six hours uh, consistently on the weekdays and you don't feel excessively tired, that's that's possibly adequate for you. So on the one hand, it's important to make provisions for sleep, but on the other hand, people shouldn't get over-anxious if they, want, uh, they fail to uh, fulfill the recommendations to the letter, because that, that this difference is very important. We spoke of uh, um, structural interventions to improve sleep. This needs to be focused on because currently the narrative is about self-control and improving self-control uh, for intervention. I think that this is necessary, but it's not sufficient. And I, I would like to cite the example of uh, COVID-19 mask wearing to uh, make sure that the greatest number of people benefit. There were some structural changes. There was legislation to enforce it. Similarly, Singapore has very um, sensible rules about recreational drug use or sugar and drinks. So there are these structural measures that you need uh, to put in place so that the people who need the, uh, to benefit from improving sleep the most get a chance uh, to, uh, to, to benefit from uh, the public health measures that we take. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's continue the conversation with my guest, Professor Michael Chi, the Director of the Centre for Sleep and Connection at the Yong Lulin School of Medicine at the National University of Singapore. You know, we were talking about the difference in um, self-reported sleep and objectively measured sleep. So when it comes to like self-reporting sleep, I mean, lots of people are wearing sleep trackers now to actually monitor their sleep, right? Um, is that a good idea? Or, you know, is there anything that they're doing wrong? What advice would you give them about improving their sleep using sleep trackers? Wearing a sleep tracker provides you the objective uh, evidence about your sleep duration. And it also highlights the weekday weekend differences in sleep timing, which were not mentioned in the National Sleep Foundation guidelines. The, the guidelines, for simplicity's sake, just lumped these two uh, timings together. But in reality, most working people and students uh, sleep less on weekdays than on weekends. An acceptable difference is probably between half hour to one hour, but we find that uh, in populations where, like Singapore, who do not get enough uh, sleep on weekdays, there tends to be a 1.5 to even two hour increase in sleep on weekends. So this is partly social, but also is indicative of inadequate sleep on weekdays and catch-up sleep on weekends. Now, the catch-up sleep is not bad, but we can do better. Now, some people who wear uh, sleep trackers, I mentioned earlier, uh, may be concerned that the numbers that come out of these devices are not as high as what the 
National Sleep Foundation recommendations are. And I've already explained that sleep efficiency is never 100%. It's typically for most adults wearing these trackers, especially among Asians, tends to be on the lower side, between 80 to 85% or, or just shy of 90%. Whereas um, with Caucasian populations who have a different movement profile when they sleep, it tends to be a bit higher. So um, I just want to allay the anxiety of, of some uh, listeners who might say, well, I, I can't meet these targets and they're just too hard for me. I think you should try, but you should also not be overly concerned. Uh, some people who are naturally very anxious, uh, these are the people who uh, want to meet targets and they, they fixate on uh, meeting numbers. Now, the, the purpose of wearing a sleep tracker is just to keep you uh, mindful of what you're doing with your sleep over a long term. It's supposed to be a guide, but you should not, uh, if you are overly anxious about, you know, the numbers, I think you, um, you should dial back and uh, perhaps speak to a, to a sleep professional who can advise you on how to deal with that. Because on the one hand, we want people to um, treat sleep seriously and to try to get um, enough sleep on a consistent basis and to sleep earlier. But we also don't want to um, to create worry wards. Right. So actually, when it comes to, I mean, this sleep targets, right? I mean, doesn't it differ, you know, like some people need decided on your own? I mean, is there, you know, so how do we see all this? I mean, how do we follow all these guidelines? Then? Absolutely. I think this is a super question. So um, there are, firstly, there is age-specific differences in sleep, uh, recommended sleep or sleep requirements. And secondly, there's inter-individual differences in sleep need and uh, sleep requirements. First, the age-specific uh, requirements. So just to give you some indicative numbers, um, a newborn might need up to 18 hours of sleep. A young child, uh, in say um, a toddler, would need about 10 hours of, uh, of, of, of sleep easily. Uh, whereas a working adult, um, seven hours of good uh, time in bed, which translates into slightly over six hours actual sleep time, is considered uh, reasonable on, on the average. And if you're an older person, your sleep tends to um, be less continuous and also slightly shorter. And you shouldn't overly worry about this. You know, if you get uh, six and a half to seven hours time in bed, you should be uh, quite satisfied. Um, yeah. If a young toddler, three to four years old, gets just eight hours, that's not sufficient. And I think parents need to be aware of this because there are young children in various surveys we've performed that suggest uh, that, that found that uh, these young children follow their parents. If their parents come back from work late, they don't, they don't get enough uh, sleep uh, because they, they want to try to keep up and, and talk to their parents when they come home. Okay, so we've covered age-specific recommendations. What about inter-individual differences? Uh, some people you know, need at least seven to eight hours to function optimally. And there are some people who, who can function with less, but they tend to be a, a minority. The challenge for public health is that there are a lot of people who think that they can function on, um, say, six and a half or six hours time in bed, which translates into less than six hours actual sleep time on a consistent basis. And here is where experimental data collected from Singapore has shown that you can't actually do that without falling asleep in a day or just un, um, having poorer vigilance. Right. But having said that, I mean, lots of people actually sleep quite little. I mean, I see it in stories all the time. And these are like, you know, they can be very senior executives. 
and they function on I don't know five six hours of sleep a day. They have uh, these people have the discretion if they needed to uh, take naps in the day that uh, regular workers or many students do not. So these little uh, catch up mm-hmm. episodes can uh, do quite a bit to boost uh, or recover performance that would otherwise degrade if you do not get sufficient nocturnal sleep. Now, whether or not this is sufficient to protect you from the the negative metabolic and cardiovascular outcomes, such as um, on average a 37% increase in diabetes or 20% increase in risk of heart attacks or stroke, uh, if you don't have, uh, you know, six hours of sleep at night if you're an adult, you know, it remains to be shown in our population. But there are people who are exceptional and they get away with it. Doesn't mean the general population gets away with it. You could be, if you are five foot three and you aspire to be Michael Jordan, you can try very hard, but, but you can't, you won't be able to do it. So if your biology doesn't allow you, uh, to, to sleep less and function normally, um, it's wishful thinking to think you can, you can beat the odds. But I think sleep, I think that the problem is that it's also something that, you know, when it comes to your health, right, you don't actually see the negative effects until maybe sometime later. It's not immediate. And so it makes people think that they're okay with um, five hours. Yes, indeed. This is why the structural measures are very important because, um, say, the prevalence of diabetes or, or um, chronic illness like uh, you know, goes up with as a consequence of short sleep. It tends to be buried in multiple factors and, and sleep's not identified as one of them. It takes years for these effects to evolve, but once they're, once they're locked in, they're, they're very difficult to unwind. Um, and, you know, bad sleep habits are not easy to unwind. Difficulty in falling asleep is difficult to unwind once they become entrenched. And this is why uh, it is very important to instill um, good habits and to make provisions to allow people to sleep sufficiently and early enough when they're young. Right, interesting. Thank you very much for your time, Prof Chi. Thank you for allowing me to uh, participate in this program. So we've put together a playlist of podcasts on sleep and there are links in our podcast text description below. To listen to the previous episode, just go to the playlist. Don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. Don't forget to subscribe to us for free on your favourite smartphone apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Search for Straits Times Health Check, like us and give us a rating. Thank you for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.